Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. AEW Dynamite post show. Just a gentle reminder. Listen, your boy happened today. We talked about a lot of stuff, answered a lot of viewer questions, so to speak. If you want more viewer questions answered, well, by God, I have a Q&A show every single week on Fightful Select. And this fellow below me down here has two shows on Fightful Select. He does a Raw review. He does a SmackDown review. But here, free, on YouTube.com slash Fightful, he does the NXT review every Tuesday, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. Alex Palowski, how are you? I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about my baby. Uh, I'm worried about I'm worried about uh, NXT because they're, they're 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 doing great shows and tanking in the ratings. Yes. And I'm like, no, no, no! What they, they should be rewarded for doing good stuff. Now they're going to panic and do bad stuff, and I don't want to cover that. I cover enough yes. of that. I'm talking Raw and SmackDown. They have a really good. I always say, all I need is a cohesive show. The baseline is, does it make sense? They've been making a lot of sense lately, and I've been really enjoying catching up on that on Tuesday nights. Robert DeFelice, he's Sean. here. He's doing some stuff, trying to rope him into writing for this magazine, which, by the way, is out now, guys. Make sure you check out issue two of Fightful Magazine. We have a ton of great content in there. Uh, we have Taylor Hendricks writing about uh, female free agents. We have Matt Cardona's writing debut, the story of the fake AWA. And if you don't know what that story is, boy, is it a crazy one. I also introduced Making a Finisher to print uh, Rhino talking about the gore, and it was a whole lot of fun. There's so much stuff. A Mike Tyson punch-out feature. We're doing a lot of stuff. And even if you're like, oh, well, I missed the last issue, this stuff's evergreen. It's not going to get old, my friends. Check it out. 
We got Robert DeFelice here, though. Robert, how you doing? I'm doing great. Tonight was an exhibition in how to book a show. And I know people are going to say, oh, they sent for AEW or whatever. Look, this show kept me at the desk the entire time, not like Raw, where I could basically do whatever for three hours. This was a show that you had to see, and I loved it. It was a show that you had to see, and it, these shows sneak up on me. It wasn't until last night I was like, oh, shit, there are three title matches and a top contender match on this show. So it was an important show. And I do have my problems with this the show and my problems with some of the booking, but we're going to get to that. And the benefit of AEW, Alex, is I give them the benefit of the doubt for a couple of reasons. One, they don't have a 20, 30-something-year track record of doing this same thing. But they have also shown their willingness to adjust as well, which I think is 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 something that that we need in wrestling. Yes, uh, absolutely. You gotta you gotta uh, roll with the punches and and figure things out. The thing about AW is, I also believe that they, that uh, they have a plan. We want to get to here, and by the time we get to that point with these guys ready, we got us the thing we want for that yes. big match. I feel like they're building to something. I feel like on Raw, it's like, whoopsie-daisy, we thought we were going to do this, but we're going to do this instead. And sometimes it works out, like RK-Bro, and sometimes it doesn't, yes. like every other time. Mm-hmm. So so it's one of those things that I appreciate that they can not only build towards something in the future, but also see where they have to skew into a, a fork in the road and take the right path. Guys, please leave a thumbs up on this video. I cannot underscore how important that is. If I'm going live, if Alex is going live, if you just see the stream even up there, if you go ahead and leave a thumbs up, it helps YouTube show uh, show more people that as well. You can also support us. Of course, FightfulSelect.com. Right now, if you don't want to wait until I talk about it in the show, I got an update on what was supposed to happen with Pac and Orange Cassidy. Well, we, be, we will be talking about that tonight, uh, but... Donate a super chat. It'll get your question or statement read on the air. And how about this? Fightful will be on the scene at AEW Double or Nothing. I'll be there representing Fightful. Denise will be there, uh, technically representing Instinct Culture, but she's going to be there as well. So we're hoping to get some content there. If you're in town, let me know. I'm going to be getting interviews, doing all kinds of stuff that weekend. So uh, make sure you guys check it out. Show it some love. And this weekend is a big one. Uh, Thursday, I do a WWE Backlash preview show with Jennifer Louise. Of course, uh, Friday, Jeremy is off, so we have SP3 filling in. That's going to be a lot of fun. Saturday night, UFC 262, a new lightweight champion will be crowned. And then Sunday is Backlash. Make sure you guys check all that stuff out. Get get your super chats in. Also, Saturday stuff. night, Kenny Omega is wrestling for Impact in a oh, six-man yeah. tag. Under Siege, I completely forgot about that. Denise will be doing an Under Siege uh, post-show as well. So we're going to have probably two concurrent live streams here on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Oh boy, well we started off with Moxley versus Nagata and Chris Rain says, I knew it was going to be a great show when that opened the show and Mox came out to Wild Thing. They got the rights to Wild Thing for at least one night. It is a, a... Tip of the hat to Onita, who used that as a theme song. But, I mean, Nagata was a guy that I grew up watching on Saturday mornings, Saturday evenings, on WCW programming. 
and this was pretty cool. This was a good match. Moxley got busted open. You just look at John Moxley, and you're like, mm, this is the kind of thing that he wanted to do, Robert. Yeah, he seemed so happy here. I was disappointed. No Sonny Ono. I thought they might make the call and get it done. But this match was phenomenal. A top rope exploder from a 53-year-old man who wants to wrestle till he's 70, and I think he can do it. Uh, Moxley looks great here. Paradigm shift. Death Rider for the win. I loved Wild Thing. I don't know if it sticks around, but that was pretty cool. I don't think it should stick around. I think it should be a one-off for this. I don't think it's a great fit for him right now. Ryan B. Jam says, Wild Thing, you make my heart sing. You make everything groovy. And there were a lot of people confused by this. I don't expect everybody to know about Onita or anything like that. And that's okay. You don't have to. But, I mean, it it was it was a way to, to respect that. But Alex, what'd you think about this one? Uh, this was, this was great. This is what I wanted it to be. It's like this, uh, Nagata is just such an, I don't know. He's so venerable. You know what I mean? Like he's just yeah. like, the, he's the definition of one of those guys. Like, I, I can't believe I'm in the ring with this guy kind of a thing. And it's perfect that it's Moxley who's in the ring with him. And it was, it was what I wanted it to be. No more, no less. Um, you, you figured absolutely Moxley was going to retain, and he did. Uh, but they had some good spots in there to make Nagata look like he was that guy who still who can hulk up with that old man strength and get one over on you. I thought it was that was very very good. I did like the touch with Wild Thing, but I do agree it doesn't quite fit this John Moxley. Yeah. It, it's it's like what what Vince thinks John Moxley is. <laughs> yes, he's a wild thing, you know, like nah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This was a lot of fun. And them showing respect to each other afterwards. And AEW is, you know, sort of having celebrity championships pop up with the NWA titles and and IWGP titles. Hey, if you can add more stakes to your show, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I I dig it. And we're going to talk about, talk more about Moxley a little bit later on. Kim Chi says AEW changed things up tonight. They showed they can do amazing wrestling shows and can sports entertain us. Much love from Kyrgyzstan. We'll get into it. There was some good wrestling and some some puzzling stuff on this show. Uh, Lord Snow says, excellent show Tuesday and Wednesday. Much easier to watch compared to Monday. Two hours flew by. Only nitpick is to let segments breathe. Boy, will we be talking about that. And Nick sort of has a similar point. He says, Dynamite's no longer a sprint. It flies at super speed. Loved everything in ring tonight, but every character moment felt abrupt or confusing at Cody. Let's talk about the Cody thing. This man can cut the hell out of a promo. Even weird promos like this one. Like I, I, I watch Dark. I watch Dark Elevation. I watch everything that they have. I feel like if you're Cody Rhodes and you're doing the anti, uh, you're doing the all American gimmick and Anthony Agogo is anti USA, they really should have hammered that home a little bit more on Dynamite. Now, later on in the show, you'll hear me say, it's okay, the Varsity Blondes are winning on Dark. And that's true. The Varsity Blondes are not getting a tag team title match on Double or Nothing. Anthony Agogo is facing one of the company's top stars on Double or Nothing. And Cody cut this promo, which I'm sure is true to him and he's very passionate about and mentions how he is going to be bringing a biracial daughter into the world and how he wants uh, the, the freedoms and, and fair treatment. 
like like celebrated. But this this felt more like a this felt more like a, I, I don't know, Robert. I'll, I'll let you kick it off. This uh, Cody <laughs> believes what he said, and that's where I yes. want to start here. It was a good promo in that way. Cody believes what he said. He did a tip of the cap to his father. Maybe not the best time to be like, hey, I want to fight for America, but like he believes in it. He addressed it. I don't know if they should be going with the the British are better than America thing for a go-go. It feels very NWA, and I mean... Look, we all love Ivan Koloff and Dusty Rhodes, but we got a ways to go before we get there, and this seems like they're rushing it. It feels like they could have had Anthony Agogo make some really like sl- like slight offhand comments, like backstage with the Nightmare, whatever the hell, whichever one of the groups he's in that has Nightmare attached to it. They could have just had him say something like, that's not how we do it over there, or something like that, like like add to it. Him coming out and draping a flag over somebody. I just don't give a shit, man. So he has. He's opened up in the original factory promo. They were like, yeah, you know, America's a joke. But over here, I'm this, this, and that. Yes. They have touched on it, but it's it's a lot of content it. to follow. And they didn't hammer it home where they needed it to. That's the thing. They touched on it. What Cody did was come out and beat us over the head with a fucking four iron if they make such a thing uh alex uh, hannah says it felt like this speech was kicking off cody's political campaign it didn't hit the way he thought it would there were a lot of people it worked with i mean yeah. i saw a lot of people that really liked it scott gotta says any thoughts at all on the american talk from cody tonight do you think it might lead to the american dragon i would be shocked I think that Dan- Brian Danielson would probably say, Brian Danielson would probably say, Chief, that ain't it. Well, listen, I I love whoever sent in that question. Great question. We appreciate your support, but I did not think you're going with American Dragon. I like that he's going to try the American dream on for a night. It feels very important to him. It's just, again, a weird time to do it. It's I don't know if it, is going to work the way they want it to. And I got a text message personally from somebody that said, I feel embarrassed right now to be a Cody fan because you're touching on, you know, themes that are very, you know, tricky for people right now. And he tried as best he could. And like I said, God love him. He knew he believed what he was saying, but it wasn't going to hit the way he thought. Well, let's get to some of these super chats. Cause I'm sure Alex has plenty to say about this as well ken shiro says i get cody loves the oldies but can we drop the person as a heel because they're foreign trope we already got one company trying to hold on to it so the it was more of a he's a heel because he's being a dick about america thing but i don't think he was being enough of a dick about america compared to some of the stuff that i've seen yes. in this in this world um yes. Joey Grapp says Cody was weird. I definitely don't need a crazy America hating heel. So I don't need a crazy America loving face. To me, maybe they should have just went everywhere, but where he's from sucks type of thing. Cause that could have, and, and maybe even narrowed it down specifically to the street in which he lives on because it's so outdated. 
Alex, how do you feel about this? Uh, you make a good point. Uh, I spent some time uh, in England. Um, and uh, from what I was there, like there's like a like a three block radius. And you're, if you're from there, you have an incredible point of pride. And I am from this particular spot in London. Not, not four blocks that way, right here. And I feel like you could do that with, with Anthony Agogo. You could make that be his thing. My deal is it's, it's, it's 2021. And I mean, like, it's just a, a weird thing to be doing just at all, especially with Anthony Agogo. How about how about this, Cody? How about the reason you want to you want to take this guy out is because he tried to 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 break all of your ribs with a with a sucker punch. Yes. Like how about then he's been doing that to everybody. How about he's part of the faction that tried to end your brother's career? Like how about how about that as opposed to rah rah America and that dastardly foreign heel who's from Great Britain, like not, not like some far off, very for he's not Muhammad Hassan. Even if he was, he'd be an Italian playing that guy. Like it, the, the idea of it is just, it's such a weird thing to do right now, especially out of nowhere. Like, like if we had been, you getting, ain't got to whip his ass for America. Just whip his ass. Just whip his, Exactly. Just whip his ass. The other thing is that we hadn't gotten this part of Cody ever. So him coming out and declaring, I am super pro-America guy, and this guy over here, I believe, is super anti-America guy, and that's why I'm going to kick his ass. It just feels like it was just thrown together, as opposed to, you have plenty of reasons to want to beat the hell out of this guy. Just do that. Yes. Now, in fairness, uh, though, Cody does have a tattoo right on his neck that says he's very pro-America. He's the American dreams kid. He's the American nightmare. nightmare. That's fine, but like... He was. He's not. He's not coming out draped in like the the American flag all the time. He's not wearing Captain America inspired gear. It's just a. It's just a weird thing to just throw out there immediately. I mean, the the thing about that Cody that we all know is that Cody is a lot. Like one of the thing. Like a question we got as a super chat months ago uh, was: Does does Cody have the best entrance in in AEW? And my response was. Cody has the most entrance in AEW. Like he definitely thinks very highly of himself and he's teetering always on that brink of like, all he's got to do is put a little different spin on his voice and he's a heel. So to have him now be like super pro America, Captain America, just felt off. I kind of hope he gets hit with the pants shitter kick or punch. And he's like, you know what? America does suck. (laughs) Walks around with like a band-aid over his tattoo all the time. Yeah. Put he, he just he has it covered up and it's it's uh, a maple leaf after that. Like he's gonna he's gonna relocate. Uh Dante V says, shout out to Cody with the heel promo. It was so tone deaf. Could have cut this promo down and give it another minute to women's match. So I don't think the promo was as long as people thought it was, but it sure felt long. It sure felt that way. And with the things that had time cut from it. This did not need as much time as it got. It could have been as simple as two or three minutes of the things that Alex mentioned, and we would have had more time to take in Miro's win. We would have had more time to add to the women's match, although I don't know if they even wanted the person Rosa was in there with any more time based on what I saw. And we could have had the SCU thing breathe. That should have been given priority over this, I think. Uh, Rafael Garcia has a couple of 
uh, Super Chats. He said, the Cody promo reminded me there aren't enough POC on creative teams and wrestling, but that's just me. I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I feel like there is a serious lack of representation as far as that goes. You ever seen a WWE writer's room? Mm. You see those pictures? It, it's 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 very similar all across the board. Scott says a go-go doing the USA crap while QT is in the stand behind him. Looks stupid. I couldn't give a crap. Bring back Carney Succubus promo, Cody. Uh, and Justin Lopez says, I love Cody, but goddamn, this promo went on too long for my liking. They must be really high on a go-go for giving him this match on pay-per-view. Oh, I bet that he and Cody, Alex, are working through this one. Yes. Move by move, yeah. moment by moment. The, the 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 problem I have with this is that to me, if you have this Cody versus a go-go match and it's just because it, you know they don't like each other and they want to fight, there's a much better chance that the right thing happens and Cody puts over a go-go. Yes. When it starts becoming like patriotic stuff, there's too much there's too much there that Cody's gonna be like, actually, I think the American guy needs to win this. And like that becomes a bad decision because you've got to be putting over a go-go right now. You can't be stunting his growth. By having him take a loss to Cody in that kind, of, at least it's it needs to be done in the right way if you're going to make that. Yeah, to I me. mean Wardlow lost his first match; he's all right. Right. That's the that's also the benefit of AEW is winning him in the ring and losing him in the ring. It's okay. It's okay. I've seen so many people get pinned clean as a sheet right in the middle of the ring, and they are protected so much more than a person who gets it's, that's true DQ'd on other shows. Uh, Jay Kohler says, hot take, Cody being the American dream for one night so he can finally secure that trademark. Good job winning Quizzlemania, SRS. Thank you. It was it was a great show. I'm, I'm all for him doing this. If he wants to do that and it means something to him, I don't have a problem in the world with him doing that. Um, you know, that and that's the thing is it does mean a lot to him. And while we do know the promo was tone deaf, it seems like can you completely discount how he's feeling about this? I'm sure somebody's going to talk to him and go, maybe tone it down a little bit because that was too much. But they'll find the balance. That one meant a lot to Cody, and you can always tell when they do because they do feel like they go 15 minutes. Rafael Garcia chimes in again. He says, if a black or brown wrestler cut a promo about what it means to be a POC in America today, the response to that would be something to behold. So uh, there was a, a thing on Twitter that said, what was a moment that changed the course of your life that wasn't like having a kid? And I put that uh, in 2015, I reached out to a nondescript Mark Capani account. And I said, hey, would you like to do an interview? And I had a feature on Muhammad Hassan. It was the first wrestling interview he had done in 10 years. And he is an Italian guy who was playing uh, uh, someone of Middle Eastern descent in a post 9-11 world. And then he subsequently got to experience a lot of that discrimination from people who didn't know better than the fact that he was playing a role. And I talked to Sean Devari about it, who does have that experience. I talked to Court Bauer, who helped write during that period. Shane Helms, who witnessed things backstage and in the airports and all that. And all of them were like, that's a babyface promo today. Like, And it should have been back then. Mm-hmm. But the wrestling trope. Yeah made it something else. And when you listen to the content, a lot of those early Muhammad Hassan promos, you're like, this guy didn't do anything. He didn't hurt anybody, but he's getting treated like shit. So, I mean, yeah, I I completely agree. 2005 was wild, man. (sighs) 
boy. Boy. Uh, Yeah, by the way, guys, you all can check out that feature because wild shit happened then. Even even then, Muhammad Hassan was like, you know what? I've got heat. I'm going to buy everybody at the bar drinks to kind of make it okay. And people were buying shots and throwing them over their back just to blow his money. Unreal. Uh, Tay Boogie says, Alex, got to watch your NXT review after this. All of you have to. Assigned viewing is that. Dante says, Cody talking about racism and his daughter was weird in this promo. He's got some work to do, but he's got the spirit. Oh, I don't, I don't, I mean, I do believe that Cody is qualified to speak on a lot of that. I think he had one of the most introspective quotes I've ever seen. Andreas Hale captured it at uh, one of the scrums about how Cody said that he told Brandy once that uh, he didn't see color and that Brandy told him, well, then you don't see my experience. And that's all I'm qualified to really comment on that matter. But uh, there were other things that happened on this show. True. And they all uh, deserve some talking about because there's some wild stuff. SCU versus the Young Bucks. This video yeah. package I thought was fantastic, Robert. And I tweeted the reason I care so much about watching AEW Dynamite and then subsequently Dark and Elevation, which I, I watch, is because I believe that these characters, not even the performers, but them too, I believe that the characters, Robert, care about what's happening. And that's important to me. And they do. And AEW is very good at building matches on TV, even with a very short amount of time to build to it. And this match was one of those. They had the perfect story. They have been friends forever. They all had the California connection. And, of course, there was Daniels. If you lose, you can't team anymore. And Daniels bleeds a gusher. And it... It immediately sets the tone for this match of, oh my God, can they pull off the miracle win? And of course the answer is no, they couldn't. And they tried as they might. And I don't even know if that uh, botched BME was planned, but it added to the story so much that he couldn't pull it off. And uh, I'm okay with things like that happening, even if they weren't. Sometimes that happens in a fight. And uh, gosh, I can point right to a line that that Christopher Daniels told me. I asked him, I'm like, man, you do these BMEs 35, 40 minutes into matches sometimes, and you're not a spring chicken. And he said to me, I never do anything in minute 35 or 40 that I can't do in minute two. And he couldn't do it at the end of this match. I mean, he eventually did, but I mean, that split second, that costs you. So, I mean, man, stories within stories. The shot of him bleeding on the shoes. Ooh. ooh. So I'm going to complain about some AEW production tonight, but that ain't going to be one of them. They get some good camera shots. And uh, I thought he bled a little too much. (laughs) Obviously, you don't want to bleed that much. But, Alex, this was a good-ass match. Damn, Daniels. Like, that that was so much blood. That was way more blood than I expected. Um. I I really um the part of it that I really loved was Kazarian just taking it upon himself to fight the young bucks one on two until Daniels could get back in the match. But then at that point, I was like, Kazarian, you gotta get back up and tag back in. Like yes. your buddy's bleeding to death in there. You gotta get back in. And he never did. From the time he tagged out and Daniels tagged in, Kazarian never got back in. And I don't know if that was like a 
if something went off because Daniels was a gusher and it didn't didn't work right, but I felt like there that was a weird part of the way the match was laid out that Kazarian never got back in because he didn't seem like he was that hurt by anything that happened in the match that he never even attempted to try and save his friend who again was bleeding to death in the middle of the ring. Like that was the only part, but I did appreciate that both guys had an opportunity to go one on two versus the young bucks and almost pulled it out. Eloquent brings up a good point. I'm sorry. I love you was hilarious. That was hilarious. They were about to put him out to pasture. Matt Jackson said he was going to do this on BTE and he did the, I'm sorry, I love you, super kick. Then Daniels kicked out. Yeah. I, I thought that was good stuff. Tay Boogie says, two years and five and seven, you can never break forever stipulation. Seems like a lot. I hope they slow down on them. That's not what I have the, that's not what I have a problem with, is, is that I don't care if SCU ever team up again. All due respect to them. It's probably their time. Daniels is 50-something years old. I'm okay with that. Uh, but them cutting directly mm-hmm. away from the post-match, they got to get better at timing. Mm-hmm. They got to get better at letting stuff breathe because there's a lot of stuff on this show, Robert, that did not get to breathe. Well, look, they deserve better than that, especially because what they did for them could have easily been done for the Moxley and Kingston break into the room. Moments ago, you should have kept the camera on Daniels and Kazarian parting ways. Because that carries you from TNA 10 years ago, all yeah. the way through Ring of Honor, through PWG, through now. They have not left each other's side since Daniels came back for, was it Lockdown 10 years ago to do the Fortune match? They faked a Bullet Club. Jo- like Kazarian faked joined the Bullet Club at one of its peaks during this. I mean, they, they've been through some stuff. Daniels winning the ROH title, Robert. Like They've been through so much together. So much. And, you know, for everything that they've been through, I think they deserved a little bit more. And I think the company knows that. It's just they're trying to cram everything in. And I think Moxley and Kingston could have waited till after the break. I think they could have, too. Uh, we have some super chats about this. New Punk Rant says, I cried when SCU lost, streamed when Miro won, screamed when Stadium Stampede was announced. I need a cigarette after tonight's show. I mean, that's that's the beauty of this product is it is subjective and it is newsworthy enough that even things that like the three of us might have issues with, somebody else is going to completely love it. And that's that's pretty cool. Vlogging with Demetrius says, as a sneakerhead, I enjoy what the Bucks are doing with the Jordans. Hearing Don Callis exaggerate the prices of the shoes is hilarious. I do dig that. Did you all see the spot on BTE where he had to use an app to lace one of them and the shoes were going dead (laughs) and Matt was afraid they wouldn't lace up tight enough during the match. I thought that was pretty cool as well. Uh, Jack Murphy says that show had three incredible matches, almost four. I can see how some loved the outside the ring or out of the ring and uh, some didn't, but I'm an in-ring guy, so I'm happy. And that's a fair point. Yeah. I, I think that's, yeah, it's pretty good. Thomas Garner says, just switch the segments and no complaints. Let's SCU have their moment. Mox Kingston after the break. That's all it takes. It, Amen. That really is all it takes. It, the problem I had with it was the way that they were doing the, oh, there's something going on in the back. We're, we're going to send a cameraman over there. 
and I was like, well, something obviously very monumental is happening from the way JR and Tony Giovanni are talking about it. And when we get back there, it's just just Mox and Eddie Kingston yes. like, vaguely throwing things around a locker room. It's just like they weren't really doing it. They didn't like like pour some horrible noxious fluid no. in their bags or something. Nothing happened. They just threw some stuff around. It did just very aimless. Eloquent says the ransack was not worth cutting away. I completely agree. I, I, I Now, what this leads to is the Bucks and the Good Brothers going backstage. And this also involves the Kenny promo as well. The delivery is self-satire too much at this point. It It is, it is satirical of the tropes of pro wrestling but they're doing it so much, so often, and relying on it so much that that in itself is becoming the trope. Them cutting the over-the-top promo and the ridiculous delivery is now the trope that I no longer want to see. And if they can't do something other than that, I'd rather them just not talk because that was I, – I just did not like that. Uh, Josh said – now, by the way, the Young Bucks revealed that they're going to give the Varsity Blondes – a tag team match next week. I think it was a tag team title match. Yeah. They've won nine matches since March. And I had somebody go, <laughs> how many on Dynamite? They're all on Dark. Why does that count? Well, buddy, just because you don't watch Dark does not mean that it doesn't count. It counts because AEW, within the context of their show, the construct of their show, have said that it counts, that it does matter, that wins and losses matter. So you don't get to be like, eh, why, why should that matter? Why should that matter? Well, the thing that I really like about it is like, okay, well, we're going to give the Varsity Blonde kids a shot on Dynamite next week. But we're going to we're gonna eschew all these rankings and stuff because now Mox and Kenny, Mox and Eddie, you made it personal. So the match that they're having a double or nothing doesn't have to rely on match on rankings because yes. the Young Bucks just want to fight these guys. But in the meantime, they're still going to defend the titles against the top contenders because that's what they have to do. But they really, really want to get a piece of Eddie and Mox. They didn't yeah. say they would fight him for the belts either. They just yes. said they wanted to fight him. They could realistically give uh, Garrison and Pillman the belts or any team the belts, and it would be a giant moment on TV. So uh, Ryan B. Jam says, with the rankings being so important in all the t- current title feuds, as well as what we've wanted to see for a long time now, shouldn't we be annoyed that Mox and Eddie get a title shot now? Well, that's what we're saying. One, first, I wouldn't have a problem with it, and there's there's a reason for that. These two guys beat the Good Brothers on Dynamite a few mm-hmm. months ago. They abused a couple of jobbers on Dark, which was amazing. And they beat Kenny Omega and Nakazawa last week. They are 3-0 and as a tag team. They, they have won matches. Now, what I would like is for Young Bucks to be like, well, we never said it was for the titles. And they're like, oh, yeah? Well, how about we win like three or four matches on every fucking show that we have, pardon my language, until then? I would like that because that's the baby face thing to do. It's, it's like Christian Cage coming in and saying, oh, I know I've got a name, but I want to earn it. That's the baby yeah. face thing to do. Uh, DK's TV says AEW needs to do a better job letting segments breathe more and not rushing it. I completely agree. And JJ says, I'm late, but Cody's Kendall Jenner promo, though. You oh. know what? That's that's the best comparison you can give it. Yep. 
And Brian asks, it seemed rushed, but was it because they needed to check on Daniels for bleeding too much? Uh, I mean, they should have been checking on him well ahead well, of that. While Kazarian was out there trying to play hero, they should have been out there, like, I don't know, suturing him up as fast as possible. Because yes. that thing was bleeding all over the place. Yes. Yeah. Valab says Kaz doing the Styles clash for the Bullet Club history. Bad influence was formed during a feud with AJ Styles. It made sense doing the callback. There, yeah, there were, yeah. I, I'm going to watch this match back and yeah. see if there were little callbacks. Because I've watched, I feel like I've watched a billion matches between these two teams, or at least the ingredients involved. Thomas Garner says just switch segments and, or switch the segments and no complaints. Yeah, you, you had mentioned, sorry, I had read that one. Seamus Dunn saying, Don Callis saying they used the spray to stop the bleeding. Yeah. That was a great line. That was a good line. That was fantastic. So we got those set up. Good. Cool. I'm all I'm all for that. Christian Cage says that he's going to have an open challenge next week. Looks like it's going to be Matt Seidel because they are both in the Casino Battle Royal. And uh, I like the little shot that Christian Cage took at Matt Seidel for slipping on the top rope. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And it is confirmed for next week they will be doing this match. I don't know if they've ever had a match in WWE. I'm sure maybe on an episode of Raw or something. But this should be a lot of fun. And it's Christian getting in there with a guy he hasn't really wrestled that much. So he's starting to test the limits. And I, I, I appreciate, for A, fresh matchups. And B, a reason to get to it. Because there's no storyline reason for him and Seidel to have a match. But there is now. Because in this promo, he says, I got an open contract to anybody in, in Team Taz to come out. And Seidel says, well, it is an open contract. And guess what? I signed it. So you're not facing anybody in Team Taz. You're facing me. What a great way to get to a first-time-ever match that makes sense now that you've just done, again, 20 seconds of dialogue between these two guys to set things up and give things a reason to happen rather than, hey, here's a match we threw together. Like, it feels real now. They have never had a singles match. They were both wow. in the Money in the Bank at WrestleMania 26. Yeah. Um, they've they've been a part of a lot of like six eight-man tags and a couple house show like multi-person matches. So uh, we do eventually get to see the SCU thing, which is good. But yeah. Oh, Orange Cassidy versus Pac. This is not the way this is supposed to go. And even during the match, I was like, this is an awful lot of laying around, even for Orange Cassidy. This was not the match that I that I expected. An audible was called. Uh, I, I have been told by people backstage at AEW that Orange Cassidy seemed to be okay when he got back or is okay now. I just asked if he was okay, and I was told, fortunately, yes. But I was told that once it became clear that Orange Cassidy was hurt and he did not want to leave the match, they had to protect him. So they called an audible and they changed it. The plan was a 20-minute time limit draw, which I'm sure would have been a lot better. And I can't imagine what that would have done for the timing of the rest of the show. Yeah. I mean, I mean maybe the Miro-Darby thing was supposed That's, to be a squash. That might be true because that, that would make much more sense to me the way they were building both Darby and Miro to have done it in like a Brock Lesnar versus John Cena fashion. Yes. And it was much longer. Maybe that's why that would make more sense. Um, I would have been kind of fun to see a time limit draw between those two guys, like just trying to kill each other in the last 45 seconds. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that Orange Cassidy's all right. Yes. Um, 
but the that finish that, sucked. No, the finish absolutely sucked, but they but had to do something. They had they to. had to do something. Um, and I appreciate that they did something. Um, but there were people who were like, I think Orange Cassidy was supposed to win, and that's why they had to do this triple threat out of nowhere. No, 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 there was all supposed to be a triple threat. Yes, and I see people complaining that's a triple threat match because WWE is doing triple threat matches all the time. Well, this is the <laughs> first time, as far ever. as I can tell, that they yes, that they've ever done the AEW title triple threat match. That means something, and the match itself at double or nothing is gonna hump. Yeah, and even if Orange Cassidy isn't 100%, Valab says he got rattled hard after the Liger bomb. Yeah. He'll find a way to, doing what he does, Yes, I don't know, he'll go take a nap outside the ring while Omega (laughs) and Pac fight. Uh, Eloquent says, great audible, all things considered, made sense. Well, it made sense because it protected it protected your fighter. Right. And Robert, we have criticized AEW an awful lot for that in the past. We are not that far removed from Matt Hardy cracking his skull open on yeah. concrete. So this was the right responsible thing to do. Sucks, but it was the responsible thing to do. And moreover, it was a Liger bomb, otherwise known as the move that paralyzed draws. Yeah. So you take your you take this very seriously when it happens. Uh yeah. And again, the the poster thing, like we saw the triple threat coming from a mile away. Everybody did. Mm-hmm. Kenny Omega, even in character, should have. When I saw it, I was like, oh, he want, he wants to face Orange Cassidy is what I yeah. thought at first. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought they were going to, yeah. But again, the Kenny Omega over the top stuff, uh, it's like, okay, I need, I need to scale it back a little bit. If the Bucks and if all of them are doing it, scale it back just a little bit, just a little. New Punk Rant says AEW's run of form has been at an all-time level, especially in America where you've had awful TNA, WCW, and WWE for decades. It will get tighter. It takes time. Yeah, of course it takes time. They're still a relatively new television company. It does seem like we've had some of these production snafus more of late than than we had. Like yeah. they, It seemed like they got into a comfort zone in the pandemic and now maybe a little too relaxed, Alex? Yeah, uh, I I agree. Probably that too. I was also wondering there aren't they moving now to the to the alternate time slot uh, from from here on out. Um, so maybe they're trying to get as much done before the pay per view on their last show on Wednesday. I'm when are sure. those? When are those? I know definitely there's one on the on the Friday before uh, Double or Nothing, but I thought maybe next week was one too. I'm not really sure. No, I don't yeah. think so. Okay. I will not be here for that. So hot diggity dog. <laughs> I'll have to figure something out with that. Robert, hope you're free. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, it'll be a Friday night war podcast. My God. <laughs> Friday night. Yeah. Cause there's, there's the, cause they, they're going on right after SmackDown is over. Are they're, they? Yeah. Wow. So I, I knew they were going on Friday, but hadn't looked at the direct schedule as of yet. Well, that should be interesting. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe I can rope Alex into a sour <laughs> graps NXT review. Who knows? Who knows? We'll figure out something. Um we have a bunch of super chats. Zach Saber or Zach Barber says Selena De Laurenta for Jade Cargill's manager. Oh my God, yes. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be very cool. Nerd Guru says it's called WrestleMania backlash, Sean. Wrestle back mania lash. Yeah, you're goddamn right it is. Uh, Jack Mitchell says, gang wars. 
I think I think the term I think I messed up the term. The old term was gang rules with a Z that they use yeah. on a WWF poster. Yeah. It doesn't but, matter. We had the jackal either way. Yes. So we're all good. That's true. Uh he says, Does eight of you have it in their contract? They must have gang battles. It sure feels like it. Dark Saturday says, Boy AEW is kind of cursed this year. The deathmatch explosion, the blood and guts finish. Now Orange Cassidy. The show is still damn good though. Norm Summers says, can't watch live, getting that money, showing some love for my British granny. Thank you, Norm. We appreciate you. Ken Shiro says, a heel being punished for cheating. Actions have consequences. That's refreshing. It is refreshing. I loved uh, Kenny Omega because this is also continuity. Did you do this, Aubrey? Aubrey, are you behind this? And he was like, no, Kenny, you did this. You you attacked, attacked Pac. You did this. So I thought that was really great. I, I think that's a good touch, and it is kind of refreshing to see something like that. You know what else is also refreshing, guys? Being able to eat cereal. Oh, yeah. And it being healthy. Everybody loves cereal. But you know what? You don't like the calories, the carbs, the junk, the sugar that comes with cereal. Fortunately, Magic Spoon is here to help, and I legitimately eat Magic Spoon every morning. Magicspoon.com slash Fightful. You're going to get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at Magicspoon.com slash Fightful. Use the code Fightful to save $5. Uh, 13, 14 grams of protein, 0 grams of sugar, only 4 net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories, Robert. Look at that. 140. Give me the 140. 140, Sean. 140 calories? Are you kidding me? Anytime I eat other cereals, it does not fill me up. I'm going back and forth. Look, look at me, guys. Over and over again, I'm going to the fridge. I'm getting more cereal, milk, all that crap. Those calories, they, they all add up. Who wants but to not, go to the fridge that much, Sean? Nobody. nobody. Alex, do you? Look at him. No, nobody wants to do that. He's so full that the man is eating air. He's uh, eating air. And he ate his magic spoon, so he's full. Right now, you can build your own box. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, cinnamon. As I said, you know what I like, guys? I like mixing up that cocoa and that peanut butter. Have myself a little peanut butter cup. That's what I like to have. And you know what else? Do you like birthday cake? So does Magic Spoon. They got a birthday cake flavor. My Look, God. Birthday cake flavor, Alex. If you're listening in Canada, Magic Spoon now ships there as well. It is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, GMO-free. Go to magicspoon.com slash Fightful. Get that new limited edition birthday cake or a custom bundle of cereal to try it today. Use our promo code FIGHTFUL at checkout. Save $5 off your order. It's now good anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code at checkout. But you know what? Hit them up on Twitter. Tell them we sent you. Look, look right at it. I don't care if you got to send them a DM. Yeah, if they're open, tweet them. Say, FIGHTFUL sent us. I legitimately love this cereal. This is no BS. I do not promote anything that I do not believe in. And this cereal rules. We got some super chats about our ad. Let's go, Robert. Sell that cereal. That's right. <laughs> New Punk Rant says, do you think production flaws are just A, to be preparing for touring again? Since I imagine setting up will be different. Are they aware of the flaws? Yes, no, they are aware. Of the f- I mean, 
they're aware of the flaws, but I don't know if it's going to help them when they start touring. Yeah, I think there were a lot of timing issues tonight that they could not have planned. Uh, towards the back half of the show, of course, because of uh, Pac and Orange Cassidy and it not happening really the way that, that they necessarily wanted. Well, things didn't happen the way the Pinnacle wanted. Uh, the Inner Circle want a rematch. Pinnacle does not want a rematch. Um, MJF is out wearing a crown, looking just as ridiculous as Matt Taven or Baron Corbin do uh, and such, which almost the point of parody, I believe. Uh, I'm down for that. I think that's kind of funny. But the Pinnacle are approached by the inner circle who are in a a little bit of the bubbly mobile mm-hmm. and drench the pinnacle. Robert, this is uh, one of those things we've seen in WDB an awful lot, but what did mm-hmm. you think of it? So before any of that, Tully Blanchard was in his element. I don't know what happened to him. Maybe yeah. being around a two-ring cage made him feel like <laughs> he was in the 80s. This dude cut the promo of his life. He was so stoked to be there. They had the, what I assume are cheerleaders maybe for the Jaguars. They had the girls there. It felt very much Horseman-esque. And then here comes the inner circle. And I'm not mad at the turret gun with the bubbly. I thought that was actually innovative. I'm mad at the camera work. Because we're not supposed to see Chris Jericho. And yet we clearly see Chris Jericho crouched. Peeking his head, trying to I see if he can be seen. And it's just like, this, this can't be amateur hour every time. And I love this company. This company barely messes up. But when they do, it just takes you so out of the zone. And I don't know. I didn't like the way this was shot. I didn't see that. I got to go back and look at it. Um, the first thing I noticed was, well, uh, I wonder if Cash knew when he wore white pants to the venue today that this would be happening. Um, because otherwise there, there's, I've seen the way that women respond to, to cash Wheeler on, on the social media. And there, there are going to be some, some detectives out there on that one. This is something we've seen an awful lot. Uh, I don't know how I feel about them going right to a rematch and it's stadium stampede. I'm going to be there. I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. Uh, probably being a tape match. Will it maybe carry out into the ring? I hope so, because I'll be there. And I like a lot of these performers. But um, I'm I'm more open to see how they respond to an immediate rematch, because this is a different company, and it doesn't mean we're going to see it seven times. Alex, does any of that alleviate any concerns you might have about our immediate rematch? Um, Well, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it is, is the fact that we, we know for a fact that the fall by Jericho wasn't that bad, but he could have sold it for a week. I mean, the arm gimmick, I get it, but it was like, it was one of those things where like that when they said also Santana being under arrest for stabbing MJF with a fork is great. I love it. That's why great. not? I mean, That's, why not? Absolutely. MJF is such a prick. MJF would press charges. Absolutely. Yes. Um, uh, yes, that, that, that does make sense. Um, I didn't, I didn't. I once it. talked about smoking weed to get to sleep and he <laughs> tagged cops on Twitter <laughs> and said, come get him. Yes, he would do this. He would totally do that. I didn't love the, the champagne mobile. 
Like, I feel like it's very derivative of a very, very, uh, like, two, in, like, one thing from the, that we all remember is the milk thing, which yes. was the, which was a takeoff of the beer thing. And I know it was 20 years ago, but it feels like anytime you see it, it's obviously being derivative of that, of that other thing. And I felt like that wasn't didn't serve them all that well. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of them going from blood and guts to Stadium Stampede, which is going to be a lot of fun, but also loaded with comedy spots because just that's what Stadium Stampede at least was the first time. Yes, maybe it won't this time, but I feel well, like that, it's that's... a it's a step down from from the the intensity of blood and guts to a step down of the intensity of Stadium Stampede, just in my mind. So that's what MJF said. He goes, "No silly mm-hmm. shit. We ain't doing silly shit." Let's hope. So I'm yeah. I'm interested to see that now. I don't think it was the best idea to go. Oh well, you're if you lose, you're splitting up. Which I think it's time for the inner circle to split up. They, I do. They should lose and they should split up. Because uh, I'm interested to see what Jericho would do from here. Uh, LAX, the former LAX, would be fine by themselves. And Guevara is ready to go out on his own. Guevara is ready to go out on his own. And I don't know what's up with Jake Hager. I don't. I don't know. Maybe he'll go fight or something. But. We just had this tonight. This happened tonight. Now, I wish that MJF would have said something like, seeing those two losers in SCU split up got me thinking. Just like, one of those. Like, you know what? That seems like not such a bad idea. Um, And you know what? I I don't doubt that he or one of those other guys will throw that in there. Drew Lytle says, Wardlow flirting with the ladies, future gimmick. I hope it's a subtle thing where, like, that's his vice. Like, like, where's Wardlow? And they find him, and he's at, like, the Daily's Place bar with two girls. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, here we go. Like, it's not, like, a problem, but then you're like, is this going to become a problem <laughs> type of thing? Are, are we going to have to go full Dennis Rodman and go to a, a Vegas hotel and get him back for practice? Ricardo Holt says, maybe I'm just drunk, but I miss Jericho. Probably drunk, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but we appreciate you nonetheless. Justin Lopez says, I would gather Inner Circle would win at double or nothing, but Jericho is due to go on tour July 14th until October with Fozzie. It is important to look at those dates because the last time all those dates were uh, not along with the AEW stuff. His cruise is in between Dynamites next, like this, this, this time around. So. Alfred F. Jones says, Archer deserves the TNT belt more than Miro. That's debatable. They'll fight about it, though. That's pretty cool. Yep. Thunder Rosa won a match, and uh, I don't think that finish is what she's going for. Uh, I'm going to ask her about it, but Josh Hardina says, now Rosa versus Deeb for the NWA women's title at double or nothing. I would like that. Meanwhile, I'm not sure, Alex, if you know the stipulation going on on NWA Power, buddy. I've I've heard of this, yes. (laughs) NWA Power is worse than Monday Night Raw. And I say that with full sincerity. And it is a 50-minute watch, usually. They did a storyline last night, and all these Camille Thunder Rosa segments have been too long, where Camille said, all right, you know what? If I beat you, you can't wrestle anywhere else. So the story is, <laughs> if we win, you got to stay here, and it sucks here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my it's, God. It's I... not a loser leaves town match. It's a loser has to stay in town match. 
that's not great for the town. <laughs> it's like fighting in one of those small towns where you just desperately want to get out. You want to break out of your hometown. And they're just like, nope, whoever loses has to stay here. That's embarrassing. I saw that this morning and I, I burst out laughing. This, how is that the punishment? This promotion a year ago was you know, hotter than ever and so exciting and so fresh and so new. And now they're like, well, if you lose, you can't leave. Ha <laughs> ha. Guys, please leave a super chat. Please leave your thumbs up. I can't tell you how much that helps. Subscribe if you haven't already. Also, subscribe to our clips channel, youtube.com slash Fightful Scraps. We had a Bret Hart clip that just blew up over there. And that's the idea. We're posting some uh, clips from our shows, from our interviews. That way, uh, those can gain a little bit more momentum. Maybe people can find older interviews that we've done because usually – they're very evergreen, and it'll sort of uh, redirect and go in a bit of a circle. Uh, one of them has 84,000 views, and it's Bret Hart talking about the easiest wrestlers to work with. We've got Kylie Ray talking about stuff, Tama Tonga talking about Enzo Amore. We've got compilations over there. Some of our Twitch content is up there. Please check that out. Ryan Martin says, speaking of NWA power, that Jax versus Boogie Slice finish, your thoughts. It was stupid. They, they did three of the worst things I've seen. He threw the towel in on himself. <laughs> and then, Alex, I don't know if you watched this. I did not see it, no. The show ended yes, because I heard. the tag champs just decided they didn't want to wrestle. At, which, which is a fine angle if you want to do it in the middle of the show. Like, if that's a thing that that's what, what you're... That's a thing you can do. I've seen that done before, but not to not at the end of the show. Well, I guess that's it, everybody. Good night. Like, and it's you like, can't do that. You it's like we that. know you're we know you're taped. Just edit that out. <laughs> Kenshiro says Thunder Rosa ain't living in the gratitude era. Oh, that line. Each week, Jeremy is watching this live, and he's hitting us with a new line. Uh, Kim Chi says, any update on Ricky Stark's broken freaking neck? I believe he was trying to keep that under the vest. He fractured his neck on that hangman suplex. L- lucky it didn't require surgery. Yeah. And I've had a fracture in my neck before. It ain't fun. It can lead to significant problems down the line. I hope it doesn't for Ricky Starks. The plan yeah. is about three months. See where they are. See how that goes. Uh, sending love to Ricky Starks. We've interviewed him a bunch of times at Fightful. We love the guy. Very good dude. Britt Baker cut a great interview, as is tradition. Robert, this was good. This is, I thought, exactly what it should have been. They alluded to her dropping an F-bomb because she said she was unkillable. And I am all for it. Britt Baker has to get this belt. And when she does, Daly's place is going to blow. And quite frankly... May blow louder than anything from Stadium Stampede or the world title match. This is going to be a moment in AEW history. I'm very excited for this. I, I'm excited to be there at the scrum, seeing like, like how do, how does a Britt Baker feel after two and a half years after she was the first woman signed and everybody said, oh, she's going to have everything handed to her. And she didn't. Mm-hmm. She worked through. She had she had already earned her spot on TV, but now she's earned her spot to be champion, Alex. This promo was a really good setup, I thought. Yeah, it was great. Um, she she's uh, she's wonderful. Like everything that she said, it, it, like 
everything she, she doesn't she doesn't lie. She's not a heel who lies. She's a heel who tells the truth. Like she's great and she knows it and we know it. Uh, and it's one of those things, um, uh, Robert, where you say that when she wins, when we hope she wins um, a double or nothing, this place is going to blow. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like it might be one of those things where during the match, she knows she's going to win. So she's going to do whatever she can to make sure she is healing out the joint. So people have to boo her because she's just, that good she is adam hangman page is with dark order he says that he lost because of taz he wants cage at double or nothing again i don't know how i feel about an immediate rematch i would like cage to say something like well you know what you put something on the line if if you don't win you can't be in the rankings for like four months five months six months something like that he wants cage to leave taz I don't did, – did they straight up say that if Taz – They didn't. No, it's okay, just a one-on-one. And I don't think they should do that, especially with all these you got to split type of things. But uh, also, John Silver thinking the double or nothing comment was funny. I thought it was even funnier. <laughs> did you just come up with that? That is so yes, good, dude. Yes, so good. <laughs> this is good. I'm okay with it. Um Two rematches at double or nothing. I don't want to make that a habit. Neither do I, but I I, I, I don't know if, you know if this match needs to be double or nothing, but I see the reason for the rematch. Yeah. Like, I can see why Paige would want a rematch because he got attacked before the, before the match started, sure. powerbombed on the stage. He wants a rematch. I don't know if it has to happen at double or nothing. Yeah, I mean, we've got three rematches if you include Baker and Sheeta, although that happened so long ago. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Are there any segments that I'm missing? I don't think I am. Uh, Jade Cargill. We talked about that. Yeah, we could be a manager. Uh, we had some comments on the Inner Circle stuff. Dante V says, Inner Circle Pinnacle rematch, and but it's Stadium Stampede, so I'm with that. That does make me a little more interested. Now, granted, I feel like I'd be more interested if I was not at Daly's place for that, because I don't know how that will unfold. For you two who are, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what Robert's doing. He's He lives in Florida. But Alex, you're going to be watching this at home. Does that add to the intrigue to you? Oh, it'll be a hell of a lot of fun to watch. I, I, I want MJF's prediction to be true. I don't want silly stuff in this yeah. particular stadium stampede match. I think these guys should be trying to murder each other considering they just got done trying to murder each other. And this has to be, this has to, this has to top the last one otherwise there's no reason to do it can you do a serious match in a match where people are going to expect that's that's the thing for me is that i don't know if you can it's a weird it's a weird stipulation to give this kind of gravity on, on a match like this well i think that's why from the jump mjf before even any speculation can happen yeah. about funny spots and um I think they'll probably make good on what, what people thought was a lame finish at <laughs> Flood and Guts. J- and Jericho even straight up said, man, I was scared. You yeah. all piss off. And understandable, we're not the one taking that spot. But yep. Bryson Yee says, question, the first three road shows, Miami, Austin, Dallas, do you think they'll try to make these shows really big, considering they're the first show's back? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell you this, guys. This was not a big show, and it had... Three title matches and a top contender match. 
I think almost almost everything is a big show. That very little doesn't matter on these shows, and that's what I appreciate because wins and losses do matter on this show. Ryan Martin says, "Do you think it might be too soon to do uh, the inner circle losing breaking up forever stipulation? Do you think it telegraphs them winning? No, I don't think it telegraphs them winning. They have been a thing for over a year and a half now, and in stable years, like you don't get many undisputed eras." Yeah. And by the time that the Undisputed Era split up, it's like, thankfully, God, what more could they do? Robert, does does this make you think that Inner Circle will win? Does that like seal it for you or anything? It almost makes me think that they're definitely going to lose because okay. they need to go their separate ways. I'm almost worried that if too many people say, well, they're going to lose, then they'll swerve it because they don't want too many people calling it out. But Jericho needs to do something else. Uh Santana and Ortiz definitely need to do something else. Hager, yeah. I think, gets lost in the shuffle and ends up on Dark a lot. But everybody else is going to be fine, and I'm ready to see it happen. I mean, if if Jericho's around, I could see him, Hager, just basically being his his heavy. And that, those two guys sticking together, and Ortiz and Santana sticking together, and Guevara going on to be big, big-time things in singles. You could do that. You could break up a, a, a faction into two tag teams, Yes. And, and a singles guy. You can do that. It's fine. Nerdguru says, I have to assume the Stampede ends in Daly's place. I hope so. Yeah. It can work. Why not? Uh, Tony Khan has said, well, he's thought about doing a bit of an intermission, maybe having a cinematic match. And I don't think that's a bad idea. But also, if it's 90 goddamn degrees at Daly's place, we ain't going to want an intermission. We're going to want to get in the building, watch some good wrestling, get the hell out of the building. That's true. Samuel Saul says, what are you hearing about the Friday TNT taping in St. Louis? I'm not hearing anything. I'll see what I can find out, though. Uh, we also have a super chat from Jordan Hanley. By the way, guys, you can get yours in. We are headed down the home stretch of the show. He says, I love the inner circle could get their win back at double or nothing, or we could see the pinnacle destroy the inner circle. Okay, this okay options there, but I think the pinnacle or the pinnacle's time is here. I think that inner circle is they're past it i i i would move on i would move on oh man miro darby allen hot diggity dog miro is the tnt champion and what we have seen since the arcade anarchy i think has been the miro that we've waited for and I almost think that you had to have him not, I don't think you had to have him not do anything for a while, but it's almost like the character of Miro heard what so many people were saying. And he's like, you know what? You're right. You know what? You're right. And he doesn't want to admit they're right, but he wants to blame Kip Sabian and make him know that he's wrong and that he's at fault for this. Miro beat the brakes off of Darby Allen. Beat his ass. Now, again, I'm going to speculate that time was added to this match because of what happened earlier. Darby is so good at this babyface stuff, Alex. He's so good. After the match, after he lost it, he told the crowd, he was like, I don't care what other title I win. I don't care if I go anywhere else. He's like, I care about the TNT title. And God damn it, that makes me care about it more, Alex, because Miro just ripped it from him after he was thrown down the stairs after he was beaten up and that 
this this ain't the Steiner recliner we're talking about anymore. The accolade looked brutal tonight. Yep. The game over. What'd you think? Um, I, I liked a lot of this. As I said, I think that if they had time added to it, um, I, I think that it kind of it, it hurt the story of it because I feel like there's there's a lot of stuff you can do here with with Sting being attacked by by uh Paige and Scorpio Sky that kind of get his manager basically gets taken out of it at some point. Um there's a lot of things going through Darby's mind. I really I really did like the Darby Allen like video segment where he was uh t- cutting a oh. promo on on Miro saying Incredible. like like what have you done? Like you've been here for for how long? What have you done? Big big time guy coming from another place. You said we're going to the chains are off. What have you done? And Miro, it looked like he watched that video right before he came out cuz he was pissed and he beat the hell out of him. The thing about Darby that I love is that he he literally tries to murder you with his own body. Just just mm. that that suicide dive where he where he oh. hit he, where, where he hit Miro and then ricocheted off him. Like six feet to the right, it wasn't like a diving push. Like he threw his entire shoulder into him, and then went pew. Like that was crazy. So much like I say, if I were in WWE, I would not bother doing a frog splash. Once you see Montez Ford do one, yeah, I probably wouldn't do a, a suicide dive. No, I would not do one of those if I saw Darby Allen doing one and it looking like that. Uh, Robert, right person win this match. Uh, absolutely. When I first started on this show, my biggest gripe was Rusev wrestled John Cena's last serious WrestleMania match. And I said I would remind people of that every single time <laughs> I got the chance to until they made it to where I no longer needed to. And they have made it to where I no longer need to because Miro fucking destroyed Darby Allen. And credit to Darby who put up a damn good fight, throwing his body in every which way. And Miro catching him on those coffin drops, yeah. making it like he's Brock Lesnar in this world, essentially. And if you want to use the video game reference, he's the final boss. And it's damn good. And it's about damn time that we see this guy be serious again. And I'm yeah. here for it. And this was fantastic. Also, Paige and Scorpio probably going to wrestle Sting and Allen at the pay-per-view in a cinematic match. And that's great. They do two. If they do two of them, though. So immediately after this, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky attacked. And I, I looked at the clock and I said, okay, that's why it happened so abruptly. But it's like they could have cut a minute off of this match. Yeah, it's true. And, uh, but it's gang wars, gang rules. I, we need to make a shirt. Well, Damn it. the thing I like about it is that is that they're not in they're not in league with Miro, but Miro's not going to stop it from happening either. No. So that's that's what I like about it is that they they have their own beef with Sting and Darby, and Miro's like, well, have have fun, guys, have at it. My favorite part of this whole thing was when Miro threw Darby into the crowd, and they were all chanting for 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 Darby. So he beat him down again, and he's like, yeah, Darby, Darby. He was like Chong Lee in Bloodsport. It was great. He's he's perfect for this part, this role. We have some super chats, guys. Get them in. We are we are wrapping up. Sean Gray says a member of the Germs, Pat Smear, the Foo Fighters, got announced they'd be going into the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The band Darby got his name from. That is cool. So yeah, I don't I, like I don't know if the Germs are going in, but the Foo Fighters are, and I may have to camp out. I know we got some people in Ohio. I may have to camp out because I think I want to see the Foo Fighters getting back. Oh, uh, Jeremy is like real close. I, I might just have to do that. And Carlos, like oh. it's a party there. 
Oh, there you uh, go. Ricardo says Darby bouncing off Miro after the time. Was- <laughs> he is a sirloin beef sons of yeah. bitch, man. Like yeah. he is a he's a thick boy. He <laughs> is like you just see it and you're like, all right, okay. Man Antonio says, I want a mirror to win, but I was screaming at my TV for Darby to win when he's making his final comeback. That's what you should be doing. That's the beauty of it. The beauty of it. Kyrick says, keep up the great content, dude. Well, hey, thank you very much. We really appreciate that. Uh, this week, I have had a Sinkara interview, former Hunico. And tomorrow, I'm dropping an interview with the Bushwhackers. I know a lot of you probably don't even remember that the Bushwhackers were in ECW, but they were. I I talked to him about that. I talked to him about Steve freaking Urkel and how one of them got an allergic reaction from being on set and licking some lady's face. (laughs) Samuel, remember that episode. Yes, Psycho Twins. (laughs) Samuel Stahl says, have you checked out the pretty picture wingman? If if you mean Cesar and uh, Peter Avalon, yes. And Bryant Heath says, uh, by the way, I like them. I love the tag team division. Uh, Dark adds depth. You know that somebody that wins on that show could pop up later. That's that's what I like. Bryant Heath says, I think you missed my super chat. Didn't watch tonight, just super busy. Was there any matches I should go out of my way to watch? Wild Thing plus Moxley. Nagata and Moxley was really good. The Britt Baker thing was really good. The main event, worth going out of your way to see as well. Um, if you... I think you should watch the Cody thing for historical perspective because we will be referring to this promo at some point in the future. <laughs> but really, there, nothing on the show was bad, yeah. terrible, really. But I honestly thought that the the uh, Orange Cassidy and and Pac match up until it went off the rails was a lot of was a really cool and a lot of fun to watch. They really played off each other really well. But then that thing happened. Yeah, I mean, considering I was. I was at their last one. I was like, all right. I had higher standards for it, but Mm -hmm. eh, you know what? Uh, Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com, guys. We have a podcast for every day of the week. I'm breaking news over there. Uh, Today, I had news on an AEW recent signing who has a a backstage role. Uh, Last week, I don't know if you guys heard, but Daniel Bryan's contract is up. We broke that news over at FightfulSelect.com. And maybe you're not even into that stuff, but you just want to support us. That's a great way to do it. The more our subscriber numbers are up, the more Jimmy goes, good job, guys, and doesn't want to fire Jeremy. So that's cool because you never know what might happen. You just never know. Alex, what do you got going on? Uh, Hey, everybody, if you missed uh, the NXT post show last night, Check it out. A lot of fun. Really, some really great stuff happened on NXT last night. And I, I got to uh, speculate on what would, we, what would be better. If Bronson Reed jumped off the top of the steel cage and liquefied all of Johnny Gargano's organs, or if Johnny Gargano rolled out of the way and Bronson Reed went all the way through the ring, ah. like, which would be better? And so we got to talk about that. Uh, also, last late last night on FIFO Select, I talked about Raw and about how Alexa Bliss's uh, stuffed doll used her magical witchy powers to give Shayna Baszler the stanky leg. That's an actual thing that happened so on Raw. I, let's talk about that. I looked down and missed that, and then I went back and watched it. And I, I had, first off, stupid angle had to give credit to Shayna Baszler for the stanky leg. <laughs> but while we're on the topic. 
What was that? What was that? I have no idea what was that was. Was that a D'Ambrose promo? What? <laughs> Robert, what do you got going on? Oh, I'm here every day, Sean. I'm over here on Fightful, working my ass off. And if Jeremy got fired, that would just triple my workload. So, you know, don't do that. <laughs> um, look, you can follow me on Twitter at Dude Felice. You can check out the magazine where I do believe I'll be reviewing the first ever SummerSlam, which is an event I've seen far too many times. So that'll be a lot of fun. And yeah, just keep supporting. Jeremy won't get fired. I'll make sure of it. Guys, thank you so much. We're out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.